0: It's good to be sanctified tonight, and uh, I'm thankful for the change that God can make in each and every one of our hearts when we come to him. I want to welcome everybody here tonight. You're welcome in Christ-sanctified Holy Church in between Georgia tonight, and uh, we're glad for everyone that's here. I hope you're all comfortable, and I hope uh, you feel welcome. Um, I hope you feel the Spirit of God. I hope you feel the love of God here tonight. I was thinking recently if I had to boil down my feeling or my, what I think the essence of this group of people is, yeah. um, the church yeah. you know, that I know, and right. love, um, I can't think of anything better than just to say an authentic love yeah, right. of God. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And that encompasses so many different yeah. things. Yeah, right. um, I hear sometimes, and I think y'all do too, um, almost this uh, critical, and I think it's justified in a lot of ways, um, statement of saying, well, that preacher only wants to talk about love. This church or this group of people only want to talk about love. Um, and I think that criticism can be fair in certain cases. Yeah. Um, and That's I think... of it. Sometimes in fear of that we, we shy away from talking about love, um, But when we talk about authentic real love, um, it's not something that is weak, it's not something that doesn't have direction or momentum or force or power. Um, but when you really talk about what love really is, you begin to talk about God himself can't separate those two things to the point where the scripture that we teach to young children is written verbatim in the Bible, God is love. You can't have love without God. And if you've got God, there's love that comes with that as part of who God is. It defines his character. Um, And so I think it's good for us to talk about it. I think when we think about love just in the terms maybe that we've seen in our lifetime between people and we start to try to define it that way. Yeah. It becomes some kind of almost a tolerance kind yes, that's of discussion. Right. Um, well, if you love me, then you'll accept everything about me and agree with everything. And if you don't agree with me or don't agree with my views, then you know, you're, you're, you're not loving me. You're hating me. You're, you're, you're against me. Um, that's not real. That's not reality. Um, I think sometimes that is just how we feel. When someone disagrees with us and it's amazing to me how we've gotten this, this culture that we live in has gotten to the point where if I disagree with somebody, then I'm a bad guy. You know, (laughs) I don't understand that. You know, we are different people. We have different opinions. I think it's good for us to be able to, um, just kind of have the practice of let's discuss things, respect each other, love each other, care for each other. And if we disagree, okay, um, you know, let's, let's live together. Let's be neighbors. Let's help each other. Um, That's maybe a different discussion. I can't even begin to take this theme of love and describe everything about it. I've heard much better preachers than I tackle the subject and do a better job than I will ever do. And we will all fail. The half has not yet been told. We would fail to begin to. So I'm not even going to pretend tonight to tell you that I'm going to tell you all about what love is. I can't do that. But I do think. Me and Brother Cliff were talking this morning. When we start to talk about things that are doctrine and things that are theology, we need to make sure that we're basing that on the Word of God. That's right? I have my own experience. I want my experience to match what the Bible says. Um, and if there's anything in my experience that doesn't quite match that, I don't need to be basing doctrine and theology on my feelings, on my thoughts, or maybe the path that took me to the... I want to make sure that I'm basing teaching of doctrine and teaching of theology on the Word of God. Um, and if you want to have a discussion about theology, discussion about points of doctrine, great. Let's talk about what the Bible says. And let's go with that. So, okay. So all that in mind, I'd love to just kind of look at a few different angles on, on love that have come to my mind recently from the Scripture. And uh, we'll see where this goes. I'm not going to be too long, I don't think. We'll see. Fifth chapter of Romans. Incredible chapter. Yes, yes. Y'all listen to this. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace where yes. whom we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Through Jesus Christ, we have access. Yes, we do. If you don't take anything else from those verses, think about that. Amen. Jesus Christ gives us access Amen. to God Amen. by faith. <clears throat> by faith. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And uh, this is one of the verses I hear people read, and I agree with you. Um, I'm still working on this a little bit. You know, when trouble comes, do I glory in that and get excited? Well, I'm working on that. Um, but the, man, some of the young folks talk so good this morning. And yeah, yeah, so many of them talk about perspective. You know, just about perspective of these things, the, the, the carnal things of life are fleeting. Yeah, right, the things right. of God are eternal. Yeah, and if I focus on eternal things, I can handle some fleeting trouble here and there. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Um, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, yes. and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. I think this is very important. I think there's a reason he wrote it this way. Brother Ty would tell us the words in the Bible are there in the order they're in. And the particular words are there for a reason. Yes, yes. And so I think it's okay for us to, to dissect it and stand on this. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by yeah. the Holy Ghost, which is given yes. unto us. Amen. That's a it's about absolutely that's right um, amen you know there are two works in the plan of salvation yeah, right. <clears throat> right. and I think you know the first work being when we repent God forgives yeah, absolutely right. my repentance is not the work of the Holy Ghost right. his forgiveness right. and the conversion that happens in my heart because yep. of that is the work of the Holy Ghost right. and when we repent the Bible says very clearly that If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we repent to God, when we come to him and say, I'm sorry for what I've done, I've done wrong. He doesn't turn us away. He doesn't pretend not to hear us. He hears that prayer and the Bible says he is faithful, he is just, he forgives. That's the first work of grace. And I don't want us to ever minimize The work, that first work of grace. It is necessary. It, Oh my goodness, y'all that have been forgiven of your sins. It is one of the best feelings in the world. That guilt, that condemnation, those things I knew I had done wrong that were stains on my garment, that were marring my heart. And when I began to see God, and I came to church, and I listened to the Word of God, and God began to work with me and show me the things that were just... Dark and dirty inside of my heart, and I laid it all down to him, and he took all of that away, cleaned me up, and I'm telling you, I've heard it said before, and I was my experience too, it felt like a 10-ton weight. Right. I felt free. I felt free, and it's true. I'm free from those sins that I had committed. It's an incredible thing. But what is this shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us? There is a second work of grace Amen. that is in those two things together make up God's plan of salvation for mankind after we're forgiven of our sins we've taken care of our past and we've cleaned up our heart Amen. we are now prepared That's right. for the Holy Ghost to That's come on right. yeah. and That's sanctify right. us which means to make us set apart for God's purpose we're now his um, part of my prayer when I came down to pray to be sanctified was Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to yeah. do. Yeah. That's different from how I was before. Right. It used right. to be David's going to do whatever he wants to do, right. or David's going to do as much as he can do without getting in too big of trouble. Right. Um, right. And I prayed, God, I'll go where you want me to go. Right. That was different <laughs> than how I lived before. God, I'll say what you want me to say. Boy, that wasn't how I was before. That's right. Um, I'll be whatever you want me to be, God. Right. My future, my career. Right. My plans, my mate, right. yes. my location, right. Right. my lifestyle, yes. yeah. God, is yours. Amen. God, is yours. Um, and I say that to say this, when we surrender our life to God, a cleaned up, forgiven person surrenders their life to God and his Holy Spirit comes in, Amen. it makes a defining Amen. change yes. in our lives. Yes. Yes. My yes. thoughts were different. That's my right. feelings yes. were different. Amen. Um, Uncle Joseph, you say it changes your warner. Right, the right. things I wanted were different. Um, that don't happen because of willpower. It doesn't happen because of us. However many-step program, but the power of God yeah. can make that change in our Absolutely life. Right. And it brings love with it. The love yeah. of God is shed abroad in our hearts yeah. Yeah. by yes. the Holy yes. Ghost which is given unto us. Yeah. Amen. I went back to school that next year after getting sanctified at camp meeting. And he, I'll tell you, there were folks I hated at school <laughs> that year before. Uh, and I got back to school the next year expecting it to be same old stuff. You know, it was the same kids. I was actually that same teacher between, you know, those two grades. We were in a small school. But uh, <clears throat> I didn't hate any of them. It wasn't there anymore. Um, I cared for them. You know, people that I didn't get along with great. I found myself praying for them. I wanted them to do well. I didn't want anyone to die and go to hell anymore. You know, I wanted, I want everybody to go and make it to a home in heaven. God changes things when he comes inside. And I want y'all to know, I guess my overall point in that was the true love of God is something that comes with his Holy Spirit. Absolutely. We don't have that naturally on our own. Um, We have to, be sanctified by the Holy Ghost in order to have His love reigning inside of us. In Galatians, it talks about the fruit of this. It talks about the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And it goes through a list of things that talks about me and you before we were sanctified. Um, But it says that the fruit of the Spirit, it starts off is love. And it goes on joy and peace and long-suffering and all these things that are just not natural tendencies of man. But with the Holy Spirit in our heart, we have love. We have love that comes out of us. Um, I'm going to read just a little bit more here in the fifth chapter of Romans and jump somewhere else. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us. His love. His love, the defining love that shows us what love really is, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I'll finish this, the the thought that he's writing here, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. It's hard for me to find a situation in the Bible where it talks about God's love without talking about the sacrifice that He made for us. And I think there's a reason for that. I don't think you can have love without sacrifice. Um, We talked about this morning. I don't mean sacrifices in, you know... Not necessarily me throwing myself in front of the bus and taking my life. And <clears throat> Where is it at? It talks about Galatians again. It talks about present your bodies a living sacrifice. Which means you continue to give. You continue to lay down things that I want for what God wants. Lay down what I want for what is good for you guys. Lay down what I want for what is good for my spouse. Lay down what I want for what is good for my children. Good for my neighbor. Good for my co-workers. Good for those around me. That is God's love. God's love is not self-serving. God's love is not self-seeking. God's love is giving. God's love is giving of ourselves. Sometimes it might be easier just to give a little bit of money. Sometimes it is really hard (laughs) to give a little bit of money. Um, Whatever it is, God requires us to give. God requires that of us. That is his love that is shed abroad through us. Um, The world, I don't have scripture turned down for this thought necessarily, but it's, it's in the scriptures. Love is not the same as lust. Hollywood. Oh, my God. I can't think of a single media avenue that doesn't portray love. And what they show you is actually lust. Whether it's a sexual desire, whether it's just desire for things, desire for the world. What the world holds up and betrays as love. I don't see love there. Lust is self-serving. Lust is I want that, I'm going to get it. Love is I'm willing to give my life for you, Brother Rock. That's what love is. It is a totally, it's hard to portray in a video. You know? It's hard to portray that way. And it doesn't sell real well. Um, I want real love in my life. I want real love in my life. Okay. Ephesians. This scripture is incredible to me. I see more and more and more in this as I go through life and as I read the fifth chapter of Ephesians. And I'll read this to you and we'll talk about it a little bit. That's fine with you all. It says, well, let's start here. Giving thanks in the 20th verse, 5th chapter. Giving thanks always yes. for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Holding that in high regard above everything else. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And that's something that if we serve God, we're going to submit one to yes. another. Right. Right. Um, it ain't always easy to do yeah. this, no. no. um, And I'll tell you all, this is personal there are things in my life that are not convictions that I have things that I like to do or I like to, that I have I don't do anymore because I don't want to offend somebody That's else exactly right. <clears throat> right. there are people in my congregation that it might bother if I did this thing or it yeah. might lead yes. some young one to That's something right. <clears throat> right. Right. they don't understand my motivation and they it gives them a free pass to do something yeah. I don't want to do that. Right. So I'm willing. Yeah. 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 I say willing. It's hard sometimes. Because you know? I want to do these things sometimes. I won't tell you. Go into detail. You probably have things in your own life that are like this. But I don't want to have a spirit of, you know what? I no, want that. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm going to do it. I don't care who it is. They can think what they want to think. That's not submitting ourselves one right. to another. <clears throat> I want you to do well. I want you to help me do well. And if we're willing to lay aside something because it might be a stumbling block to somebody else. God will bless you for it. He'll bless the church for it. He'll help us that way. We need to submit one to another in that way. I hope you all understand what I'm saying there. 22nd verse and moving on. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And before you start to let your brain start thinking about submission in a weird way or thought, listen to this. Husbands, love your wives. To what extent? Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Guys, if you take a spouse, you need to be willing to give all of yourself to serve that woman. And to help that woman yes. to provide for her needs, whatever it may be, to give of yourself—that yes. means it might not—you might not have all the toys you want, or all the things you want, or all the. Okay, you know, you took a wife. Yes. Care for that to the extent that Christ gave Himself for the church. When you do, do we measure up to that? <laughs> I'm working on that. I think right. that uh, as we talked before at home, God gives us the perfect example of what our marriages can be, what our families can be. And I don't know that there is a physical example of a family that perfectly matches that. But my goodness, if we lean in to the example and the model that He's given to us, it's going to work well. It's going to work well. It does. And it goes on that He might sanctify it. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word that he might present it to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. And it goes on to say that this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning... Christ and the church. So I do want to talk about that for a second. Um, In a family, you have a husband, you have a wife, you have children. That's that's a family, you know, as we know it. If the husband is giving themselves for the good of the wife, the good of the children, the wife is reverencing the husband, modeling reverence for the husband in front of her children, um, those two together can lead their children Absolutely. in good paths. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Not only does it work pretty hard, I guess in practical ways, how that, how I see that working in my own family is my wife gives me a lot of advice. She's right. Not only my wife. We both have our own opinions. <clears throat> but when it comes to decision time, and I'm thankful for this, I really am. When it comes to decision time, she gives her opinion, we discuss things, I listen as well as I can. In most cases, y'all understand. But at the end of the day, she respects the fact that, okay, David, you're going to make the decision. We're going to go forward with that. The family's going to go in that direction. And boy, what a responsibility that is. But I have to have confidence knowing that she's behind me, knowing that God can direct. It works. It works in that way. I've seen this happen before. I pray it never happens in my own family. Where the wife, through different situations, maybe there's disagreement, maybe there's just some disharmony, maybe situations in life, you know, rebellious children, different things happen. But when you see a situation where the wife is beginning to undermine the authority of the husband, by going to the children and saying, well, I know that's what he's saying, I know this, but, but we're just going to do this quietly or do this little thing here. Right. And it just begins to erode the very foundation <laughs> of that household. Right. It, you're headed for a mess you know, when you start to get in that situation. And the other way too, if the husband's doing that too, you know you can create a mess i 'm not just trying to point out the wives, but I do want to look at that we 've seen that in you know in right. life. Right. Right. If I look at Christ and his church, right. Right. us being his bride yes. right. yeah. and we right. are looking for children right. yeah. we are looking for those to come in to yeah. the fold, Amen. the Amen. ones that we can nurture and teach in the admonition of God. Right. Yeah. 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 Church, we need to make sure we're not undermining the authority of Jesus Christ. God help us to reverence Him. To lift Him up. To model that we follow Him with the highest regard. There's nothing we're hiding from Him. There's nothing we're doing in secret and saying, well, I think this might be okay, we're going to do this anyway. No! There's nothing we're doing to say, well, this doesn't match up maybe with exactly what the... But it's more convenient. It's easier to tell. No, let's be faithful to Jesus. Let's be faithful to Him and not undermine Him or undercut Him in any way. Whether by word, whether by example, whether... Amen. Lord, help us to lift Him up. I want to love Him that way. And guys, individually, we need to be doing this. We need to be serving God. I know that y'all that are married understand this, especially y'all that have children now. Time for me and Amy to talk about things that are serious and real is, is, is more limited now than has ever been. Um, just the busyness of life, the busyness of you know, household, children, church, y'all know that cycle. And in our walk with Christ, as we get older and we're going through life and life is busy, you know. We have to make effort that when we have that time to connect and talk, we need to be covering some serious things. Guys, we need to be making time to talk to Jesus. We need to be making time to connect with Him. Not just checking the box, not just, oh, I, you know, no. We need to make sure we're finding real intimate time with Jesus to connect with Him and make sure that we're discussing things and that we're looking at things together. Um, I want to read this last chapter here, and I'll let you go. Fifteenth uh, chapter, of Saint John. Yeah. Just want to look at this a little different angle. I am the true vine. Right. Yeah. Right. These are Jesus' words, all red letters. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Right. I I don't know that I've ever really paid attention to husbandman much, <laughs> but this is talking about a grapevine, you know, yeah. and someone who tends to it, the farmer, you know, a arborist that would tend to these things. Except ye abide in me. We ain't gonna make it unless we're plugged into Jesus. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. Jesus is talking to us. We're the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye could do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. And he goes on, but I kind of want to look at this picture of this, of this vine. And I've done a little bit of pruning. I went to a class one time. It was very insightful. If you ever have opportunity to do that, I'd recommend it. Um, I think it's neat. But uh, just the point that when you are pruning a plant, you are cutting off things. With the mindset of the overall health of the plant right. down the road will be improved. Yeah. <clears throat> and Jesus is saying that his father is this way. Um, in our lives um, the things our habits uh, the, the things we're involved in uh, the things that we're entertained by um, you name it everything that encompasses the things we do in our life and fill our schedule with God can look at and he can see pretty clearly the things that are going to help us down the road spiritually and the things that are going to hinder us down the road spiritually and we've got to be willing to let to invite God in amen. to come in and prune off the things, yeah, right, right. cut off the things right. that will do damage to us spiritually down the road. And this takes humility. Um, it takes some, okay, I don't really want to let that go, but I'm willing to sacrifice that for you because I love you, yeah. because I trust you, because I know that you have my good yeah, at heart and at mind. <clears throat> I kind of want to take this point the other direction. He talks about his father. And I'm a father. Many of y'all are. Um, and I've been challenged with this scripture this week. Um, fathers, if you see something in your children that you know is going to hinder them spiritually down the road, we need to be willing to help remove that from our child's life. And I know they get to a certain age and we have to take different tactics. And, you know, my young children, I can just take that, you know, we have that privilege. God help me. God help me to be willing to do that. There's so many things that I look at and I'd love for my children to have or be engaged in or enjoy. But I know, you know some of those things might pull them out of fellowship in the church. Might make them so busy and encumbered with things that they don't have time to invest in God. Um, might give them an identity in something else that removes them from their thinking of identity in the church. That's a big thing. It really is a big thing. We need to be careful with that. God help us as parents to be willing to take those things away and the things that will help them spiritually to encourage those things, to encourage those things. And as a church, we need to be doing the same thing and nurturing and helping that way because of love. Um, I will read just a few more verses. Greater love hath no man than this, Jesus said, that a man lay down his life for His friends. And we know that Scripture in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that is the beauty of the Gospel tonight. If you don't have a relationship with God tonight, if you have sin in your heart, and you know that you are at a deficit with God, and if you were called tonight to go home to an eternity in heaven or hell, that you would be found on the wrong side of the equation, God has forgiveness for you. God has a spirit that He can put inside your heart. He has salvation for you. It's yours for the asking if you will come to Him because of His love and because of what He's given. In First John, I turned this down and may have unturned it down. I should be able to find it quickly. In First John, fourth chapter. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in Him and He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in Him. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. Brothers, sisters, if you have a love of God in your heart, you can have an assurance to know that if I die tonight, I can stand before God and be accepted into heaven. I want you to have that. If you don't have that tonight, I want you to have it. Y'all pray for me.